This is J.G. Hertz, the General Mar Talker on Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to Season 5, Episode 15 of Commentary Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. Indeed. I'm Mike. I'm Max. I'm John. Hey. Hey there. And today is Part 2 in our series on William Shatner's uh, work playing himself. Or for our German listeners, Part 2. There you go. <laughs> well done. Um, Sausage. <laughs> Where we are going to be looking at the first movie in the Shatnerverse, Free Enterprise. So, Free Enterprise, which was directed by Trek FM's own Robert Meyer Burnett. What? I call him RMB. All right. Those are his initials. (laughs) Very creative. Mm -hmm. The movie came out in 1999. Um, One of the the, uh, trilogy of Star Trek fan movies from 1999 the first no second second first was trekkies then this then so this would be zvi <laughs> yes Zvi. and then and then galaxy quest being the third by the way happened to be randomly walking by a poster for the new kevin costner movie black or white the other day just happened to be walking by a poster edited you were putting a candle by it edited by the director of trekkies Hey, cool. How does that work? Anyway. Um, are you saying that, like, lamentingly? No, it's just weird. I guess he was the editor of Curb Your Enthusiasm and stuff. Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Good. I know, but It Kevin doesn't Costner? have anything to do. Yeah. Hey, you know, whatever. It's, you know, right, right. Mike Binder. Mike Binder. You know Mike Binder? Yeah. yeah. He directed it, so. Yeah, I understand. Okay, anyway. I'm just saying. Kevin doesn't Costner, matter. man. doesn't matter. Okay. What's with that guy? All right. Let's let's go back to the enter- free enterprise, back and to the left, the free enterprise. <laughs> okay, tying it together, <laughs> love it. Um, so this is a movie about uh, two Star Trek uh, fans mm-hmm. who are in Hollywood, struggling to make it in the industry. One of them wants to be a writer. One of them wants to be an editor or maybe a director. And uh, they're having trouble with their careers and trouble with their love lives. And through a a series of um, uh, interesting circumstances, they end up meeting and befriending William Shatner, Mm -hmm. played by William Shatner. And uh, he... I'm pretty sure it was Stacey Keach. Well, it might have been. I don't know. The confusion is easy at that era. It really is. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was William Shatner because that's why we're covering it. In well, this you know series. what? That's, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Because that would be a thing that we would do. <laughs> and, and you know, it, it, in meeting their idol, they find that in reality he is a womanizing drunk who is trying to uh, produce a musical version of Julius Caesar in which he plays all the parts. And... Uh, so they meet William Shatner. They meet... Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically, yes. And it goes from there. So, John, 
you said that you hadn't seen this movie up until now. That's correct. The first heresy. Time I, saw it. I I know. Burn him. How can I possibly call myself a fan not to have seen it uh, for oh so many years? But uh, I did poorly. I, I I did see it, and uh, I was aware of it. It's one of those movies, you know. You're always aware. Sure. Of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, never got around to it for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, you know, it's enjoyable. It's very, it's very time period. It's it. it there are so many hallmarks of it being the late nineties that it, it was really cause it was really a, almost like a flashback, like, you know, just seeing the way everybody was dressed and, and all of that stuff. But it was a lot of fun because, um, because of Shatner's appearance in it. I mean, it's, it's amazing for something that's not really, uh, what I would call a star vehicle for him. It's a, it's a perfect, um, it's a perfect launching pad for what you know, what you've rightfully termed the Shatnerverse. It's really great to see him just have fun in that laid back, almost you know, lampooning himself sort of role. It's fun to watch. All right, now I know what are your thoughts on it, Max? Um, well, I recall when this movie was released, and I recall seeing it, and I recall being very into it for a period, and. Then, you know, as time went on, I sort of, like, left my consciousness, and then, you know, Robert Meyer Burnett became more of a personality, and I was like, wow, what's the deal with, how did that, why did he, why isn't he making Free Enterprise 2? Wasn't that a thing? I remember that being a thing. Why didn't that happen? I was looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, I'm still kind of disappointed in him. Well, I don't think that, uh, you know, I think every effort has been made. I have said my piece. (laughs) Every effort has been made. I have said my piece. Okay. All right. But for those people who don't know... William every- Shatner wouldn't let it being impossible stop him. He, you know... He would go ahead and make the the rapping version of Julius Caesar, and he would perform it, and you know what? It would, it, it would, it would be all right. It'd be pretty good. I'd go right. see it. I'd go see it in a heartbeat. Cool. Yeah, what, I mean, why not? Why wouldn't you? Well... It's probably super long. If it I, wasn't super long, I would totally go to see that. I would see it no matter what. <laughs> no doubt. But yes, the Free Enterprise 2 is a movie which uh, they had been trying to make for years and years and years. And I believe they're still trying to make it. I remember it came really close at one point, And I was at a convention uh, where William Shatner was there. And um, they only had time for two questions because his answers were so long. And one of the questions was, uh, are you making Free Enterprise 2? And he went on this crazy rant about how Canadians are all insane. And himself being a Canadian, of course. What's with the racism? And he, he he just went on and on about how Canadians are crazy and how there were some Canadians which were going to fund the movie. And they backed out at the last minute. At one point he started talking about the Olympics and the lighting of the torch. I don't know exactly how it all tied in, but it, it was it was weird. It was a weird, a weird show. But but that's okay, you know, because it's William Shatner. Yeah. Now, uh, for me, you know, I mean, I've said this in numerous shows. I don't think on this one, but in other shows and in other places, you know, I, I love Free Enterprise. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, without a doubt. Um, it's one of those things which I knew about, you know, before it had come out. I remember when um, Burnett and, and Mark Altman, the co-writer and producer, 
were at uh, Wizard World in Chicago. I remember picking up the trading card off of the the free stuff table and looking at it and, you know, bringing it back to our friend Josh, who's a huge William Shatner fan, and showing it to him and how William Shatner wasn't on this trading card. And Josh is like, what is this? You know, there's a description of the movie, and it sounded like a romantic comedy. And he's like, this isn't the movie that I heard of. What's going on? I don't understand. Where's the William Shatner? Mm -hmm. And it was Josh who had seen it in the theater when it played in Chicago. I believe it was at the, was it at the Biograph? Which, by the way, is the theater where Dillinger got shot. Oh, now see, that's cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool. Yeah. I believe that's where it was playing. And it was one of those theaters which is not the easiest in the world to get to and everything. And Mike like, looked at me when he said it, like, is that, is that right? And I'm like, I'm going to remember where Josh saw Free Enterprise <laughs> no, 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 in 1999. I, uh... Oh, yes, it was the biograph, I recall. <laughs> he mentioned taking the elevated train down there. It was 4.30, and I thought, well, it's a bit early. Are you going to get a seat? I mean, like, aren't there assigned seats? That's what I understand, and I understand it. Anyway, um, so we went back to the Gentleman's Club and had a sogi. It was, all, it was lovely and whatnot. No, of course, I have no idea where he saw Free Enterprise in 1999. Okay, all right. I'm pretty you know sure... why? Because of Canadians. <laughs> I'm pretty and sure... All their garbage. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was the biograph, but that's that that really does not matter for this story, I guess. The point is... He doesn't! He... <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> The point is that Josh came back from this theater. Let's just say it was the biograph. <laughs> it doesn't matter either way. <laughs> and he said that this movie was amazing. And he retold the first scene of this movie in which William Shatner appears to the child versions of Rob and Mark and uh, gives them sage-like advice in in their in a moment of crisis, and uh, on on opening day of Star Trek the motion picture, and it sounded like the most amazing thing I had ever heard of, and the day that it came out on video tape and DVD, uh, I went to Blockbuster, picked it up, watched it after working a double, you know, after midnight, watched it, and. I loved it so much that even though I had to work the next morning, I took the train down to the Virgin Megastore to buy the DVD before work so that after working another 12-hour day, I could come home and watch it again in the proper aspect ratio along with all of the special features on the DVD. And uh, I've, I've loved it ever since. It's one of those movies where, yes, I went to it for the William Shatner, but what I found was... Uh, like like a really great story about basically like where I was in life, but ten years down the road, it was almost like this is where this is where I'm trying to go, and and even though I didn't end up in that place, it was like sort of very informative to like my decision making processes and stuff like that, and mm. it just hit me at the at the the right place at the right time, and really sort of like impacted me in a way that that no movie really ever has before you know it just spoke to me on this very personal level 
Um, Once again, Mike fails to grasp the point of the movie. It's not meant to be aspirational. <laughs> no, I think it is. It's about it's about two guys who are following their dreams, you know, and right. they hit stumbling blocks, but then they overcome them, and you know, end up making the movie that you're watching. Spoilers, you know. I mean Spoilers. that 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 is sort of to me what what it's about. I mean, and that's you know, it was yeah. very inspirational. And uh, that being said. The William Shatner stuff is amazing, absolutely yeah. amazing. Uh, for me, I, I I would say I came for the Shatner and I stayed for the Shatner. And while okay. while I don't while I don't dislike the movie, I enjoyed it. I think it's worth seeing. I didn't um, have quite the same reaction that you did. I, I think that you you know. I think it's really good that you you explain like where you were and it spoke to you in a certain in a certain way. I think that had I seen this at the time, I probably would have had a very similar reaction, but uh, it, it didn't. It didn't strike that same chord with me, and I think that that has more to do with you know I'm just far enough down that road that it, it, it didn't it didn't latch on in that way. Uh, yeah, which is not a knock on it. I mean, there there are a lot of things that I like about it. You know, there are jokes that I like in it. But it didn't um, resonate with me quite as strongly. Yeah, I mean, you've still got the whole, you know, sort of geek element to it. I mean, in the same way that I think a lot of people um, like, and this is going to sound really terrible, and I apologize in advance, but in the same way that a lot of people like the Big Bang Theory, that's, you know, that thing, that surface-level thing was, you know, something that I think a lot of people connected to with, um, free enterprise. I mean, free enterprise is obviously substantially better than the Big Bang Theory. Yes, but I'm. You, but you know what I'm saying? Like that sort of like inside geek reference sort of thing, only for real. No, I yeah. get it. I get it. Yeah, the Nazis had great architecture. <laughs> but but just you know, amazing building. <laughs> but but you know it, it's it's. Uh, I guess you know if you're not in that place, you know I can see how it really is basically a romantic comedy, you know, and, and, and maybe not much more than that for most people. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, in a sense, there's almost, um, in, in terms of the, the romantic aspect of it, it's almost, um, it's almost like a precursor to 40 year old virgin where mm-hmm. that had a lot of joke, you know, cause he's, he's the nerd and he's got all the, the collectibles and everything. And this is that similar sort of way where that, you know, can the geek and the normal girl, you know, can their two worlds collide and they can still make it work out sort of thing. Uh, Although that's not here because here she's a geek, too, you know. Yeah, but I would say that she's more functional than he is. Yes, I mean, that's that's definitely this. Like he's lost in that. He's lost in that fantasy world. She understands it. And but she's a fully functional adult at the time that they meet. Yeah. He's yeah. so lost to the point that he has spawn figures, <laughs> which nobody like. He's have. Yeah. he's gone. Yeah, yeah. He, there's no turning back for him. <laughs> yeah, there's Free Enterprise things. Two is is the movie where he realizes that it would never have worked because he's completely insane. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. But well, let's talk about uh, William Shatner's uh, performance in this because that's you know that's why we're here. Now, what what do you guys think about? Uh, well, I guess to start with, just 
as as a performer, what do you think about his portrayal of William Shatner? Uh, Max? Way over the top. Totally wrong. Okay. William Shatner is, like, way less silly and much more serious. And he has an Italian accent. His performance of himself is, is dreadful. <laughs> what, what do you think, John? Well, that's an interesting take, Max. But I'm going to say that uh, I think that uh, it, it's a lot of fun to watch. It, you know, he, he is he's hamming it up. And that's what he always has done best. You know, you go to Star Trek four and he, you know, when he's hamming it up, when he's telling silly jokes and his comedic timing is impeccable. He I, I honestly think like in any comedic sequence, he elevates everything around him and that including that first scene where they meet him and he's reading a porno mag. It's true. It is. He has a, he has a supernatural ability to be both the Joker and the straight man. Yeah. And that. I don't know of anybody else who can do that that well. It is kind of, I mean, I know that he had done comedic stuff prior to this, but, f- uh, you know, for me anyway. Airplane 2! Uh, yeah, which I haven't. The sequel. Which I haven't seen. Is what you know. it's called. I uh, Yeah. And I know that he had played himself in, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air prior to this and all that stuff. I think he Why aren't we doing that? Well, because it's TV stuff. If you start bringing in the TV stuff, it gets way complicated. Although it but... was a great appearance on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I will yeah, say I that. actually haven't seen it. I really need to. It's very but, funny. Uh, um, but, you know... It, it, Can I think we get he... him to record a spoken word version of the theme song to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Oh, my God, that would be the Because most I would have that recited ever. at my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Um I mean, even even if you look at like, I mean, I think by this point he had already been nominated for an Emmy for his work on Third Rock from the Sun, right? Yeah, so, I think so. Mm-hmm. He was obviously killer he, scene, by the way, when they first appears. Amazing. Yeah, I've I've heard of that. It Love sounds that very funny. It's it's one of those things where this was the first time that I had really been exposed to him as as a comedian, and um, pretty much instantly I realized that that's where I think his real strengths lie. Like, yeah. as good as he is at, at drama, and I do think that he is good at drama, you know, he's a way better comedian. And he's absolutely hysterical in this movie. And the fact that he's playing himself is just perfect because he knows himself, he knows his persona, and he knows the role which has been written. And it's just, I mean, to me, I said this back then, I'm saying it now, I truly believe that it's one of like the best performances in movie history i mean like i would have given him the award for best supporting actor and this is 1999 when we had freaking magnolia and good movies and you know (laughs) the limey and all these other movies and i think that in terms of like a supporting role william shatner's performance in this movie is the best of that year you know which is crazy to think about i don't know if you guys agree with me it's a bold statement but i don't really disagree i don't really have an opinion i don't really care if that's true okay because i don't think it actually matters all that much okay i do think that it's really good but like like his performance in the movie i mean sure it's i mean it's it's excellent but to me like the larger implication of, of this movie was not like William Shatner's presence and his character, it was sort of the idea that they were they were directly facing like a reality 
that was very challenging for audiences. I mean, like they're like he's playing himself, and it's not entirely himself. There's a fictionalized version of himself, but oh, like yeah. essentially anything that you know about William Shatner still counts. Mm-hmm. And and that is a very strange thing because the more you know about William Shatner, the more those scenes work. Because like a lot of people, like, he doesn't enter a scene empty. He doesn't empty enter a scene like like and become the character. He enters the scene and he brings with him an entire career mm-hmm. and an entire personality and a bunch of weird albums, <laughs> and that shapes the scene in some ways that you cannot avoid and the idea that they faced that and they actually incorporated it into the the mythology of the movie and that does have a kind of mythology because he does play a kind of bizarre um maybe mentally ill obi-wan kenobi (laughs) Mm -hmm. i like the way you put that yeah uh Go ahead. Yeah, no, but I mean, like that—that that was what I—I I was so excited about the idea that maybe we're in a world now where that particular rule is gone, where mm-hmm. you can do that, and that's fair game. And this was in the era when, like, this kind of thing happened a few times, and it was like, you know, like being John Malkovich, it like made me think, like, are there no rules now? Can we just do this? Mm-hmm. Can this just happen now? Because that would be amazing, and I would be okay with that. And for, for a very long time, I have been advocating a complete abandonment of all of the unspoken rules of drama and film in, in favor of a world where you just made things that were good and interesting. Uh, for example, in Alien 3, that's a courtroom drama. I said that when I was a kid, and I still say it now. It should have been. That would have been amazing. I'd watch it. Yeah, sure. But I was excited by like the idea that they were breaking this rule and they were making it work. Mm-hmm. And William Shatner was a big part of that. And if it was somebody else, it would be a completely different movie. Yeah, especially since like you know, getting into sort of like some of the behind the scenes stuff. You know, as from what I understand, originally the role was written more like he was at the beginning of the movie, where he is this sort of you know, godlike figure who, you know, helps them out in times of need. And when he read the script, he's like, I can't do this. You've got to, you know, change it. And he's the one who basically pitched the idea of making him a, a womanizing drunk or, or whatever mm-hmm. and, and embrace that idea. And, I mean, that's that's huge, you know. And, I mean, that, that's a huge if, – if they hadn't done that, if he hadn't suggested that, like – it would be a completely different movie and not as good of a movie. No, it wouldn't well, have worked. You know, wouldn't after, work. after Star Trek II, he realized that Nicholas Meyer was right, that the character has to be more than the myth. Yeah. And, uh, and, he, and, he, and he learned from that. He'll never admit that, but I mean, that's just, just the reality. <laughs> yeah. So what about the idea of this being the first film in the Shatnerverse? Now, okay, Let's let's take a step out of out of out of uh, you know the the ideal world in which all of these are part of a Marvel Cinematic Universe type of shared continuity, and and let's, or let's just let's, say that they are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, let's just say There's that no whatever they can't be. What what, what, I, what I'm what I'm trying to say here is, okay, we all know that yes, these movies were not made as if they were part of 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 a whole. A cohesive whole you know he he is not playing the same character that he's playing in 
fanboys or Showtime or anything like that. But I do think there is something to the fact that he played himself in this movie and other movies were like, let's get William Shatner, let's get him to play himself because that would be funny. And guess what? It is, you know? So let's just pretend for a moment that these are all part of the same continuity, that the events in Fanboys, you know, do occur um, I guess would it be a few months prior to this, or like a year? I, I think I don't know. Anyway, well, I think because it's like when, a year before. It depends when the, on when it's supposed it, to actually be happening. Yeah, because they, they say, say 19 years earlier, which doesn't mean that it, the movie's supposed to be happening in 1998. Because. The math on it's a little fuzzy for me. It's got to be. It, I think it, it, it happened in 98 is when this thing. Yeah, but know. because for it to be 19 years earlier for start. Anyway, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway, with with that, that fantasy logic in place here, does this movie work as the first film in a cohesive Shatner cinematic universe? I say yes, specifically because Shatner himself is so, I would say that this is the moment where he became very self-aware of, you know, what you're saying, that he can he could market himself. He could have this new career based around the idea of playing a spoof version of himself, a silly version of Bill Shatner, and he turned it into a career. This is a guy who reinvents himself as need be. He, will, he throws spaghetti at the wall, and whatever sticks, he'll do it. And I think that for that reason, yes, this works as the Iron Man of uh, William Shatnerverse because I think he did this very consciously. He knew he could take this, and if it was successful, turn it into a way to make a living. What about you, Max? Do you think it works? Yes, but I think that it works largely... um, largely because the reality uh has really nothing to do with the movie like the, the 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 notion of this you know this this concept of a unified chronology it's it's a completely bizarre and abstract and crazy idea but it's also fundamentally true of fiction that you can't really avoid it that just by being william shatner in a movie he is connecting these movies in a way that he can't avoid any no one can avoid it even if they said you know as as often as possible that this is not the same thing they are connected because it is a it is a person and and his history is incorporated into the reality even if you try to separate it you can't it's the same way that like in a weird way, Mark Twain being on the Enterprise matters. Like it's actually Mark Twain in a sense. It's using that character that's part of the culture. It connects these things together in a way that you can't avoid. And that changes everything else. No matter how you try to avoid it, you cannot avoid those connections. So the the cinematic universe is created whether you're trying to do it or not. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I pretty much agree with what you guys are saying. I mean, I guess if if I'm looking at it, when I'm looking at I mean, it, since this is the first movie, it's kind of, you know, backwards. But when I'm looking at the sequels, and I do this with, with everything. Like, I do this with, you know, like Manhunter and, and Silence of the Lambs and stuff like that. You know? I like that you're just immediately calling them sequels now. <laughs> 
I mean, you know, You're just I like, mean, let's jump the gun on the <laughs> verdict thing right here. I know okay. we got a few more episodes left, but whatever. Let's just start calling them sequels. <laughs> Fanboys, otherwise known as Free Enterprise 2. <laughs> okay, but, but what I'm saying here is, like, I, I always try to imagine that this happens and, and sort of like that it is the same character and by extension, you know, these are, you know, people who exist in the same universe and everything like that. And even if the tone is different or whatever, and there's no reason why it doesn't work. And the and the character that he's playing, I could totally see, you know, this guy ending up on Showtime, you know, this guy ending up on, you know, fanboys or pre previously being in fanboys or, or whatever it is. And and I, I really hope that he keeps on doing this and that he's in more and more movies and, and Dude, he really fanboys does is a prequel. It is a prequel, yeah. yes. I, I really do hope that it, it you know, um builds the mythology uh even more and, and becomes Oh my god, I was totally wrong. It's 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 free enterprise episode one. Free Enterprise is episode one. No, 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 no. no. Fanboys Fan Boys is, is Free Enterprise episode one. one. Yes, yes. Yeah, makes perfect sense. God, that fits so well. It's yeah. disturbing. Yeah. What a meta joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to see how how this universe continues to uh, to grow and change and become um, a cohesive thing, um, and we'll and we'll get to see that over the next few weeks. Um, John, any final thoughts on Free Enterprise? Yeah, get, you know, if you haven't seen it, watch it. it you know, it, it's it's a good time, and you'll get a couple of laughs out of it, even if you're not a Shatner fan, which is an insane thought. But uh, you know, I think fans and non-fans alike definitely appeals more to fans, but worth a watch. Max, I'm gonna say that at this point, I think that we're in a, in a state where films reach a certain level of stupid and they abandon the continuity and reinvent it. And I'm hoping the Terminator Sega Genesis is the mark of a new reality where you reboot the franchise using time travel and that we actually do get a free enterprise two, where they go back in time and there is a CGI young Shatner and and regular age Shatner from now, and they fight in some awesome battle. Maybe they're Terminators. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But that would be the greatest thing ever. You wouldn't have, like, Chris Pine as a young Shatner? Why would I do that? The idea is we're rebooting it because it stopped being good. Oh, okay. So we've got to reinvent it, like, starting at day one. Well, we'll see if these movies have stopped being good yet. Because no, I'm not we've seen. That... <laughs> well, well, spoilers. The I mean, verdict yeah. is in. <laughs> I, I, I'm not 100% convinced. I think. That's Look, man, if they get William miss. Shatner in there to play himself, maybe I'll give it a shot. Okay. But I'm not going to hold my breath on this Star Trek number 13. Oh, are we talking about that now? Yeah, we're talking about that now. I thought we were talking about rebooting the Shatner version. We're talking God, about that, both. Wait, wouldn't that be mind-blowing if they actually had William Shatner play himself in Star Trek Thirteen? This is oh, what I'm man. saying. Like, absolutely okay. no callback to Kirk. They just this look up an actor named William saying. Shatner. Okay. I they go totally back in time. That would be awesome. To, to 1998. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I, you know, wasn't following you there. Still am not following you. It doesn't but, matter. The okay. important thing is that William Shatner would have followed me. All right. 
through no, time? William Shatner would have led Max. That's true. That's go. a good point. That's true. That's true. But he'd yeah. have to shave his head. That would be pretty weird. I don't know yeah. what that means. Uh, well, that's you can't okay. be from the future unless you have a shaved head. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Just I don't know. Works. Logan's run that had some pretty nice hair. <laughs> Those are wigs, man. <laughs> All right. There's well, a wig story in that mall. I have no idea what's going on anymore, so uh, let's let's move on, shall we? We have some feedback this week. Uh, we've got two pieces of feedback. The first is an iTunes review, uh, which is, is rare for us, but we greatly appreciate it. If you want to send us a review on iTunes, we, we, would, we would love that, and we would read it on the air, just like we're reading this one on the air. It's from Puzzle Solver 2. Or perhaps it's Puzzle Solver the second. I'm not 100% positive. Well, I mean, we're going to listen to this. <laughs> what about Puzzle Solver number one? I don't know. I don't know. But Puzzle Solver 2 says, what else have they done? It's a five-star review, okay. uh, which is appreciated. They say, this is a fantastic show that highlights writers, actors, and directors who participated in creating Star Trek. The hosts are very informative and very entertaining. I love learning about previous shows each has participated in that gives a fuller picture of the actor, writer, director. One listen and you will love it. Well, thank you very much, Puzzle. What episode did he awesome. review? I think he's reviewing the show on the whole. Which, but which ones is he talking about? I guess it's a puzzle. I'm very curious about this now. All right. Well, maybe you can solve that puzzle. Oh, God. Puzzle Solver 2, please tell us. <laughs> puzzle Solver 1, please figure out the answer for me. <laughs> All right. Well, our next review, I'm going to say this is a review, whatever. It's it's an interesting comment and it's from uh Facebook. This is this is a review of our last episode from Gene. Gene, the guy who sent us the voicemails. He says <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing at the voicemails. I'm laughing at that moment when Mike was like, "Gene, like Mean Gene, the, Gene, Gene, the Gene, dancing Gene, machine. Like the weirdest. How did you go to that? It was just, so it weird. Just, you know, whatever. <laughs> anyway, it's just the, what came to mind first. But it's bizarre that that's what came to mind first. Not Roddenberry. It's but, you very know, strange. Whatever. Anyway, Gene says, I took my son to see Into the Woods. You guys were right. It was not very good. But it was totally worth it to see Chris Pine do the full Shatner. By far, he was my favorite part of the film. And a little part of me wishes he had played Kirk that way in the J.J. movies. Maybe he should do an SNL skit where he plays Kirk as Shatner. I will call up Chris Pine and let him know my idea. <laughs> Thanks for another great episode, guys. I am glad that even though he is married, Max still does not agree. Thank you very much, Gene. That's right. Yeah. And thank you, thank you for for calling Chris Pine. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my ring engraved with. I disagree. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, it was weird because, like, I know a lot of people have been saying the whole Chris Pine uh, doing Shatner thing, and I had actually read that prior. Man, that would be an interesting sex tape. <laughs> prior to, uh, to, to watching the movie, and as I was watching the movie, I was like, Oh my God! You know they're totally right. It, it, this is exactly what it is. But I would be more interested in the other way around. Chris I, Pine I, playing Shatner as Kirk. That would be interesting too. That I, be interesting. I do. I agree. That would be a fantastic SNL skit. That, that mm. would be that would be one to just absolutely latch on to. 
if they could do it right, which I don't oh. have full faith that SNL could. So I think Chris Pine should just do it himself and put it on YouTube. Or they both do. They both do it. You get Chris Pine to do a big chunk of a Star Trek movie that he wasn't in, and you get Shatner to do a big chunk of one of those. You know where he runs and then dies <laughs> because of all the running. <laughs> because it's mostly what they do. It's like ninety percent running. Oh wow, those would be really good workout movies. <laughs> You're right. They would actually. Like if you just do what they do in the movie, you'd like lose a pound every 15 minutes. Well, you got to stay in shape when you're a space traveler, Max. Yeah, because of the no. There's no good reason for that. There's no gravity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been fun talking about William Shatner's performance uh, in Free Enterprise. But that's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about here on Trek FM this week. So here's a look at what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. I really, really, really hope that if they do that, they make Chang the villain because, you know, Captain Chang instead of General Chang or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? I mm -hmm. mean, that just seems like the perfect way to go. Earl Grey. All right, Riker, we're promoting you to captain. I mean, you uh, you killed the last captain. We usually don't reward that. That's usually not a policy. But in this case... Well, well, to be fair, he had spent some time on a Klingon ship. The Orb. But the Federation and Bajor as a member of the Federation would be helping rebuild Cardassia. And I could see like very much the relationship between the U.S. and Japan today. I could see the Federation and Cardassia having that kind of relationship moving forward. To the journey! Julie has a very distinct pain noise. Yeah, she you know kind what I'm of talking does. about? It sounds sort of like she's suffocating. Yeah, it sounds like she's suffocating and sometimes, and I'm going to keep it clean, not always in pain. The ready room. He is the best cosplayer ever because he's so buried himself in his part that we have no idea who this guy is outside of the impersonation of Tuvok. Exactly. He's the Christian Bale of the Delta Quadrant. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. If I'm not mistaken, in any upcoming episode of Next Generation, we don't see full-grown uh, golden retrievers running around the decks of the Enterprise. And I'm also a little worried that Captain Picard has never played with puppies. Commentary, Trek stars. You, but you'd rather see Red in charge than him. Oh, yeah, totally. Because right. you really want porn stash to go down. Yes, yes, you do. And that sentence out of context sounds really strange. Literary treks. As great as Picard is and his Picard maneuver, uh, I don't think Picard straightening his shirt is going to help him <laughs> uh, when he's going up against the Riker maneuver. Fair enough, yeah. So. Axonar, the official podcast. The changes that we've made, the change to the nacelles and uh, several other aspects of these ships to make them distinct and, and not the same ships as uh, in, in Star Trek 2009. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit Trek... Nope. <laughs> I did that again. Don't do that. Just go to trek.fm. You'll find them all there. That's right at the top of the page. You can listen to them on SoundCloud. And You've stuff. been on websites before. You know how to do this. Yes. Um, 
Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring commentary, Trek Stars, to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have the time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive and Federation, Audible has something for everyone. It even has books by William Shatner, including Shatner Rules, Your Key to Understanding the Shatnerverse and the World at Large. Now, I don't think they're referring to the Shatner verse that we're referring to. They're all the same verse. They're all the same. It's a but Shatner it's multiverse. There you go. This is, is written by William Shatner along with Chris Reagan. It's narrated by William Shatner. It's unabridged, four hours and 27 minutes. It says, admit it, you want to be William Shatner. That's I, I'm totally willing to admit that. This collection of rules, illustrated with stories from Bill's illustrious life and career, will show you how Bill became William Shatner, larger than life and bigger than any role he ever played, even William Shatner. Shatner Rules is your guide to becoming William Shatner, or more accurately, beautifully Shatner-esque. I mean, that just sounds like the best book ever. I just, I'm sorry. Sold. Is it porn? (laughs) <laughs> it might it as might, well yeah, be, right? You know. And you can get this book for free since you listen to Trek FM. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And we thank Audible for supporting Commentary, Trek Stars, and Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way that you can directly help us uh, keep Commentary, Trek Stars coming to you each week. And that's by uh, becoming a patron of the network on patreon.com. Just go to patreon.com slash trekfm, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, and you can uh, donate. Uh, you can get uh, little bonus things like maybe the occasional episode early, the the occasional bonus content. The uh, you can get um, uh, producer credit, or you can sit in on on uh, recordings of of episodes or or any of these things. Do you, do you want to see what goes on when the three of us talk? Probably not. But if you do, will I have to wear pants? I don't, really? <laughs> Definitely you will have to not. <laughs> it depends on how much they're donating, really. That's a good point. That, yeah, I have a price. The more you donate, the less we wear. <laughs> Mixed bag. So just go to patreon.com slash trekfm. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash trekfm and uh, help us out. All right, well, that's it for the first movie in the Shatnerverse, Free Enterprise. Next week, we will be back to discuss the second movie in the Shatnerverse. But before we go, John, where can people find you? You can find me on uh, Twitter, at Kessel Junkie, K-E-S-S-E-L-J-U-N-K-I-E, and on a little podcast that comes out every Thursday called Words with Nerds, available on iTunes and blah, 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 all those other places. 
All right, and you can find Max and myself right here on Trek FM doing this show. You can find us on CommentaryTrackStars.com, where we do Commentary Track Stars off-topic with our friend Brandon. We also have like 190-something commentaries on there, including one for Free Enterprise, so go ahead and check that out. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at ComTrackStars, or you can email us at ComTrackStars at gmail.com. And I'm on Twitter at Mumbles3K. All right. Well, that's it for Free Enterprise. We will be back next week to discuss the second movie in the Shatnerverse, Festival in Cannes. It's Cannes. It's not Cannes. It's it Cannes. Connie's. It's not any of those things. Oh, is it Cannes? It's Cons. not. No, it's not any of those things. It's. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. All right. <laughs> we didn't go the for the Wrath easy. of Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>